You're now listening to episode 224 of the Big Bang Buzzcast, recorded on December 14th, 2021. I'm Roxanne. And I'm Nicole. And this week we're going to be talking about the bath item gift hypothesis, episode 11 of season 2. And we so much wanted to get this one out before Christmas that we are recording on our not normal recording night. Yes. We actually don't record at night, and then we also don't record on Tuesdays. But we're like, it would be very anticlimactic if this came out, like, in January. <laughs> yes. So we're getting this out to you guys. Uh, it should be up on the 20th. And then we're going to be taking a week off from recording because of Christmas. So the next episode, 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 episode uh, the 10th, I believe, we figured out. Yeah, because we'll record then on the 3rd and then it will go up, goes up on the 10th. On the 10th. Um, yes, I'm still laughing at episode. <laughs> there's episodes of your Michelin Man fanfic. No, there's not. <laughs> Roxanne's not writing Michelin Man fanfic. This was just Or a... reading it, just to be clear. Okay, well, I want to look it up. Okay, there's some pretty saucy, just to completely jump to a different fandom. Not that, is there a Michelin Man fandom? <laughs> um, there's some there. pretty saucy, like, Eliza Hamilton, Mariah Reynolds um, fanfic, and I'm kind of into it. Holy crap, well, I, mean, I that googled this. Surprise me. Michelin Man Stories. Is it Wattpad or Wattpad or Wattpad? I don't know how to pronounce that. Michelin Tire Man character on AO3. For how many fix? I don't know. It says it's a parent tag for something else. Okay, it seems like he's a side character in <laughs> Kool-Aid Man fix. <laughs> there is hold on, there is a ship tag. You're not ready for this. For Michelin Man and Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. Now when they poke his belly and he goes, hoo-hoo, that just <laughs> took on a completely different meaning. There's fan art for the Michelin Man. <laughs> I like that one tweet recently that was like, <laughs> I heard about Michelin Star restaurants and I was like, there's no way that's the tire company. It's something else. And then I learned it is, in fact, the tire company telling you what restaurants are good. <laughs> is it? Yes. <laughs> Which you, you, okay, I did know that, but I still enjoyed the tweet because I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Michelin Man on jcazzyfanfiction.wordpress.com. These shoutouts are not endorsements. I have not read any of this. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I, I'm Pillsbury Doughboy's ruined for me. Oh. I never had <laughs> fond feelings about the Michelin Man, but. Well, that was an unexpected tangent to start off our start off our episode. Is it really unexpected when we were talking about it ten minutes ago? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't expecting the uh, ship tags there. So okay, I was going to say this topic is your fault because you said episode. <laughs> anyways, okay. Anyways, bath item gift hypothesis: the uh, first Christmas episode on Big Bang Theory. That's right. There wasn't one in season one because of the strike. Mm-hmm. While we're on the topic, don't buy Kellogg's products. Agreed. That's my soapbox. Lucky Charms is General Mills, and as my friend put it, that is the only thing sustaining me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I told you I was eating before we recorded, I was eating handfuls of Lucky Charms dry out of the container while I was trying to make, get my laptop to work. <laughs> 
Lucky Charms is always a solid choice. It really is. And is it a children's cereal? Yes. But you know what? Global warming is going to kill all of us and I'm going to eat my damn sugary cereal. And they're magically delicious. They are magically delicious. I didn't know what the shooting star was until I was like 12. I thought it was a present. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, bathroom gift hypothesis. Yes. So starts off with the guys talking about Superman and how he cleans his uniform and Kryptonian mustard and Kryptonian pit stains. Um, And it's like, it's the type of discussion where it's like, I'm not, like, I've never been, like, super into Superman, so, like, but just, like, the nerdiness of it is, like, I appreciate this Yes, um, I know next to nothing about Superman except, um, he catches Lois Lane, he should have cut her into three equal pieces, there's more than one Superman movie. Everything I know about Superman, I learned from the Big Brand Hypothesis. (laughs) So, um, well, no, I do know about Krypton because people make kryptonite jokes, but, No, like, this type of conversation, like, I'm like, I could see how topics that I'm interested in, how I could have, like, similar debates. So I definitely, like, appreciate that. Like, I've had the time travel debates with people. Um, You know, I've I've yelled at you about how in Wicked it doesn't make sense that Glinda thinks Elphaba's dead because there was a whole scene where Fiero mentions to her how stupid it is that people think that water melts her and then she's told that water melts her and is, like, sad about it. And I'm like, bitch, you listen to anything anyone else says. (laughs) But, but yeah, like, the the specific topic, I, I couldn't super appreciate this because I'm like, I, I don't really know, like, I, I learned the planet Krypton exploded from this scene. Um, but I definitely appreciate the nerdiness, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so, that sort of gets interrupted by noticing that David Underhill shows up. Who um, they apparently all know and revere, but has not been mentioned once in the previous episodes. Mm-hmm. And they all know of him and his work, but not that he's married, which I guess that can be excusable, but still. Well, you know, if he's actively cheating on his wife, he's not going to put on his official biography page that he has a wife. Not going to spread that around. If I ever get married to somebody important, I better be mentioned on all of her web pages. (laughs) If not, I'm going to be like, bitch, what's up? Lives in so-and-so city with her wife. And cats. Oh, I thought you said Liz, and I'm like, my wife is Liz. You've already planned this all out. (laughs) Yes, lives in so-and-so city with her wife, Nicole, with her cats, and with her... I don't know. I was going to add something else, and I'm like, I don't have a personality outside of my cat. (laughs) But yes, yes, so I doubt she's up there. But also, again, like, I feel like at some point he would have mentioned the wife, but at the same time... I guess not. I mean, some women are... I mean, Ashley Madison exists for a reason. Very true. On that note, I hope Josh Duger rots in hell. Yes. Ugh. And they... Did you see that she named... They named their newest baby Madison? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so her name is Madison Lily. And apparently lilies are used to signify innocence. So people are like, wait, is her name Josh is innocent in the Ashley Madison scandal? (laughs) Like, is that what they're saying? But other people are saying that maybe they named her Madison so that when people search it, 
search for like the scandal like her mm-hmm. name comes up in the search results and it like pushes it down but it's also, I mean I just did a search also, for Duggar Madison and the top results are still all about the scandal well here's so. the thing if that was their point it didn't they they were shit at executing it because her name is Madison is not spelled the same way as Ashley Madison it has a <laughs> y in there somewhere and so I'm like okay if that was your plan you did it poorly or you could possibly be trying to say Josh is innocent, which is a little far-fetched, but the other option would be they didn't realize that that would be a connection. And I don't think they're that stupid. <laughs> One of the headlines, Duggar fans <laughs> mock Josh and Anna for naming their newborn daughter Madison <laughs> after a fair website used during cheating scandal. Right. And I'm like, come on, guys. There's I know they name all their kids starting with M. But, like, they're not out of M names. No, you've got other options. Right. They haven't used Mabel yet. Actually, maybe they have. I actually don't know what their kids' names are. But, yeah, so that was... When I saw that, I was like, are you kidding me? Really? Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so... um. Well, it would have been hard for him to lie about being married on Ashley Madison, because that's the point. And also, his life is very publicized. But... <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so David so, Underhill clearly never mentioned the wife. I hope she dumps his ass. She dumps his ass and then hooks up with Dr. Palmer's wife, Francine, who left him after he cheated on her because of Trees. Yes, that's how it goes. The good news is probably everyone who listens to this follows us on Twitter and therefore will be able to follow this massive tangent we went on because they know who we are as people. <laughs> so, Underhill... Uh, Leonard at first is sort of like sort of dismissive of him and then of course as soon as he approaches him and is like hey can we work together in the lab Leonard's like yeah exactly okay I also like just a little bit earlier how Howard's um I'm more of a Zac Efron kind of guy and then Raj is like oh yeah like you have a shot with Zac Efron like it's consistent throughout the series Raj telling Howard that he has no shot with the women um mm-hmm. like in um love car with the oh i'm not hot enough for this person and i was just i'd like to weigh in no <laughs> that scene oh, is just car. that's still one of my favorites it's one of my favorite episodes but that scene is just so good like the pacing yes. just doesn't fall off at all oh i'm gonna be really excited when we get to that episode i but. am too i honestly think jim deserved an emmy just for that one shot of him where like Sheldon is desperately trying to like (laughs) mentally catch up with the conversation and he realizes that he's lost control of whatever this is but he does not know how to handle it at all and so it just kind of like holds on Jim and Jim is just like that math lady with the uh equations all around her like (laughs) that is one of my favorite I'm like that might have been the best acting in the whole series (laughs) is that I want to watch this scene now after we finish recording this. I probably am going to, too. (laughs) And it'll be much better than the last thing we watched at the same time. Yes. Okay, so yeah, Leonard wants to work with Underhill. And I love Leonard's, um, here's my cell number, here's my home number, here's my office number, here's my parents' number. (laughs) They always know how to reach me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then as Leonard says to the guys... I was going to say, I know that we haven't met Beverly yet, but he should have been like, call my dad because I don't answer when my mother calls me. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Yeah. And so then I like how Leonard's like, what? You've never seen a hypocrite before? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, there is something to be said. Like, I don't know if he was either like, I think he's cool, but I'm jealous of him. So I'm going to pretend I don't like him. 
or if he's just like, hey, like this would be a great dude to brown nose for the advancement of my career. Mm-hmm. Could have been either one. Yeah. I think I view it more as toward the like jealous type thing, but yeah, either way. Well, like we all have someone who's more successful than us where we're just like, well, they're lame anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> All right, so then we have Sheldon, Raj, and Howard playing Wee Bowling. Kunal's delivery of the first line in this scene. (laughs) (laughs) Career best, 68. 68. (laughs) Like, it's so good. Like, it's so dramatic. And then he's like, I'm going to, like, really add some flair to this score because it's so great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I bowled worse than a 68 in real life, so I'm not really one to talk. Well, I was going to say, like, those are all terrible scores, but also Wee Bowling, I'm sure, is <laughs> hard to get a good score. I feel like the mechanics of it, so I'm not going to judge those. That is true. Also, do you understand the line Howard says where he says there's always do-overs when my people play sports? Um, No. Like, a lot of the stuff that he talks about, I'm assuming, I'm assuming he's talking about being jewish mm-hmm. but i'm like a lot of the times the references he makes that i completely know what they are but i'm like is he being like i don't know i'm like i'm like was there a famous do-over involving a jewish athlete or was he being like was he being anti-semitic and saying something like jewish people get to mess up and then continue to do whatever and other people can't like i, I don't know what that means Hmm. I'm trying to do like a Google search. Like I don't even know what to Google. <laughs> I know, like, put me on some kind <laughs> of like Jewish sports do overs did not come up with anything helpful. Jewish people do over also did not uh, do anything. Um, Jewish a- Jewish athletes has nothing <laughs> of note standing out. Okay, myjewishlearning.com says while a number of Jews have famously excelled in sports. The prevailing stereotype is that Jews are not particularly athletic, so maybe it has something to do with that. Mm-hmm. But that, that's not a stereotype I've ever heard. And I'm not saying I know all of the stereotypes. I'm just saying I, I know of some stereotypes against Jewish people, and that's not one that I've heard before. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not true. It's just beyond my current knowledge. Yeah, so if any listeners know what he means by that, let us know, because I am curious. And feel free to DM us instead of just sending us a tweet in case your tweet might get picked up in some sort of, like, search engine function and, like, have people <laughs> get upset. Um, there's a lot of things that when I'm tweeting now, I'm like, I'm going to censor this word so that if people don't, if people are searching something, like, they don't mm-hmm. see it and take it out of context, like... Or just the tweet get deleted and my account get banned or something. Like, I was tweeting something at someone the other day where basically this person was upset that their legal name had to be on a package they were mailing because that is not the name that they go by. And I was, I basically was like, what? Do they have to have the name match the ID in case there's like a bomb in it? Like, what, why, what's the logic there? And I like spelled bomb like eight zero, um, some symbol B or something like that. So that it was like obvious what I was saying, but not be flagged. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, so I don't understand that joke. Um, you know, I can't decide 
if I'm just going to assume it's offensive or if it's just a bad joke. I don't know. I found on another website, I don't know how to pronounce this, H-A-A-R-E-T-Z dot com. Okay. Um, which seems to have mostly Jewish-related articles. Um, is It has a thing, uh, even as we celebrate the Jewish athleticism at the... Maccabiah games, it has long been a staple of Jewish humor humor that Jews do not do sports. So that kind of okay. goes along with the line you saw. That makes sense. That um article I think is a uh I should know it's it's the longest it's either the longest running Jewish newspaper or the longest running like newspaper in print that's Jew hang on. How do you spell it? Hold on. H-A-A-R-E-T-Z. Okay, yeah. Okay, it's an Israeli newspaper that was founded in 1918, making it, okay, the longest-running newspaper currently in print in Israel. Okay. That name sounded familiar. I was like, it's something to do with a long-running newspaper because I, I have a history degree. We learned a lot of random shit and that <laughs> rang a bell. <laughs> All right, well, th then I guess his line is connected to that stereotype that i'm not familiar with but is apparently a thing you know now i'm remembering um one of my friends growing up was jewish and she used to make jokes about how of course she's not a fan of gym class and now i'm wondering if that was related to that mm -hmm. maybe <laughs> maybe i don't know <laughs> okay so i love leonard's when they're like oh this is so important it's we bowling and he's just like it's a video game and we suck at it <laughs> Like, not just it's just a video game. Like, mm -hmm. he's not belittling video games. He's like, we're not even good at it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, their scores, uh, I made note of them. Sheldon was leading with 68, but then the others were at 44 and 40, so <laughs> in the ninth frame. Well, that's a real horse race for number two. Oh, yeah. I was also really amused in this scene um like no one like comments on it it's just like a quick shot but like sheldon using the powder to like dry off his hands before his turn. Yeah. fully committed there yes yeah and uh sheldon criticizes leonard after his we suck at it nice motivational speech from the team captain and then i like later we also find out he's also their lead guitarist for rock band <laughs> We're in a rock band. No, we play rock band. <laughs> also, Dave Underhill being a Black Diamond skier, that's hardcore. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I, for someone who grew up where I am, I'm terrified of skiing. And Black Diamond, like, I think you have to have, like, at some point, like, the grade has to be steeper than 40%. And they usually, like, don't have, it's not like a, like a... It's got, like, fresh snow or other... St it's not groomed. It's not, like, a groomed trail a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of terrifying. Like, it, like literally, one of those things, like, people are just... If they say Black Diamond, I'm like, ugh. Like, just even without talking about it. Like, I don't, I don't enjoy skiing. I feel like I would snap my leg, like, really quickly. I did really enjoy skiing the couple times I've been, but they were also very much fairly easy routes like nowhere near hard difficult stuff so yeah and also like um I'm really bad at ice skating and my ankles I feel like I'm gonna snap my ankles and I feel like I would snap something doing and didn't Liam Neeson's wife die from skiing I do not know 
Because she had some kind of, she was doing some kind of sport. She hit her head or something and was like, no, I'm fine. It's all good. And then like died later. I'm looking this up. What was her name? Natalia Natasha. Um, Okay. Richardson died on March 18th, 2009 from an epidural hematoma after hitting her head in a skiing accident in Quebec, Canada. Yeah. So that's a hard no. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of doing winter sports, which again is weird because of where I live. I like watching it. (laughs) Toboggans are great. Like take me on something to the top of a mountain or a hill, not a mountain. Holy shit. And let me like sled down it. That's great. I like hiking in the winter. I got my ice cleats. But if we're talking skiing, snowboarding, like I will watch people do it from in a warm place with hot chocolate. I've done I tried snowboarding once and I was just like, I wish I had chosen to ski instead. (laughs) I'm so like ice skating is the worst for me. I've gone like a couple of times and I fall constantly and I, I end up being the person if it's an indoor one that just goes around holding on to the thing and then these little bitch ass five-year-old kids are doing like triple spins and landing all eloquently and i'm just like oh fuck off you you kid being so good at this shit i really like ice skating also i'm the one here liking all these winter sports in california look it's because it's a novelty to you okay to me ice means death probably yeah I mean, not that there's not that nobody here likes ice skating. <laughs> I'm I'm just really bad at it. Anyway, that's enough of that. But anyway, of the things he does, scientist, black diamond skier, vintage motorcycles, plays in a rock band. I think the scientist thing is the coolest, but I have the most respect for the skiing thing just because I would die probably watching somebody do it. Mm-hmm. So You know, I also like, where does he have the money for all of these hobbies as a scientist? Like, don't scientists generally not make like a lot of money? Well, that's assuming that he came from an upbringing like ours. Oh, yeah. If he had two like rich, successful parents who like paid for his schooling and all this other stuff and he started that job without debt and all that other. And it maybe he's been like skiing as a kid, which is... Well, I view it more of as a, like a upper class if you go skiing all the time. But. Yeah, if you're if you're skiing regularly, you either ha- you probably have your own equipment. Yeah. Too. But yeah, I'm assuming he came from like a more fortunate background. I feel like that viewing fits with his character. Yeah, he's kind of a dude that's just like I do what I want and like. You and I don't have that attitude because that's almost never been the case in our lives. So, so uh, Raj says he has a man crush. I kind of have conflicting views of the term man crush and girl crush. Like, you could just say you have a crush on somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, when I say the one man that I would let do whatever he wanted to me is William Jackson Harper, providing he's dressed as Chidiana Gonye. <laughs> I'm not calling that a... I'm not I'm just like yeah I was like that's fine I'm not like using qualifiers Mm -hmm. I mean I do say he's my exception but beyond that yeah I guess like man crush like the qualifier kind of makes it like oh it's not you know like a regular crush it's not so no homo exactly so I fucking hate that um so then Penny shows up and we finally get the idea that it's a Christmas episode yeah True, yeah, it takes a little bit to get there. <laughs> it does, it really does. And then there's some uh, Christmas episodes that open up with, like, people wearing Santa hats Yeah, decorating the tree. Yeah. But they don't have this year. 
Yeah, she asks about the tree, and Sheldon says no, because they don't uh, celebrate Saturnalia. Which is interesting to me, because you think he would, and then just continually point out to his mother that Christmas trees are pagan. Mm-hmm. Because there's like a, um, I think it's more like evangelical. I don't think, I mean, like, the church that I went to growing up had Christmas trees, but some of the more, like, fire and brimstone or evangelical people there's like a debate between them as to like, if Christmas trees are a Christian symbol or a pagan symbol. So you'd think Sheldon would just be like, because his mom probably has a tree, but Sheldon would probably put up a tree and like, he would call her and he would be like, so do you have your uh, pagan uh, plant up there yet? (laughs) And then just like, you know, although I know Mary does have Sheldon's number, so that might not work for him, but that's what I would do. Yeah. Like I, I bring up all the time to my like super conservative relatives that Christmas trees predate Christianity. And I'm like, why are you contributing to the war on Christmas by bringing that pagan tree <laughs> into your house? Did you see someone lit the Fox news tree on fire? I did. Glorious. I know I was laughing. If someone had gotten hurt, I wouldn't be laughing, mm-hmm. but because no one got hurt, I was just like, all right. And then I like Howard's after Sheldon's, long explanation and that charlie brown is what boredom is all about and then we do we know what penny got them hmm do we know what penny's gift to them was like initially i mean we we know what she got sheldon but like what did she get leonard do we know that no that we've never known because whatever this was obviously changed by the end of the episode yeah that's one of the ongoing mysteries never knew Leonard's present was uh, murdered by Emily. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. I'm on so many painkillers right now for a headache. Like you, it's it's really a mystery what y'all are going to get today. (laughs) It'll work out. (laughs) Also, so when Howard says my first Hanukkah with Sheldon, he yelled at me for eight nights. I'm like, well, if he yelled at you the first time, why didn't you just stop giving him? (laughs) (laughs) Didn't learn his lesson. No. But yeah, so we've got the conflict here with Sheldon for the episode in that he views the gifts as just an obligation. Um, They really enjoy Sheldon misinterpreting gift giving as a plot point in this show. mm -hmm. (laughs) Because we're halfway through season two and it's already happened twice. Yeah. Well, because like, it's sort of interesting that he makes this like argument regarding, hold on. No, yeah, it's I'm I was kind of confusing with the two. But yeah, it's it's essentially sort of the same concept with just going back and forth. Although I do have to say I do feel guilty. I, I don't I don't buy a lot of gifts for like everybody. Like I get gifts for like my friends, but like we had at work these two students, like they were they were going to school at the college and they needed like hours of like observation basically. And so they would just come and watch us at our jobs and then they would we would ask the clients like, hey, do you mind if like they do this for a couple of minutes with you? Um, they're a student. They have to get their hours, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, cool. And like that helped them like pass their tests and get certified for the thing that they're doing. And on their last day, this was at two different locations I work at. Both of them bought brought me like Christmas presents and my coworker Christmas presents. And we're both like oh, we, we didn't get anything for you guys because we didn't think this was our dynamic. You know, mm-hmm. like we got both of them a card, like congratulations on getting your blah, 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 blah. But 
they brought us like I got like a mug and one of them brought us like chocolate and I'm just like oh now I feel like crap and I mentioned that to my boss and she goes no you don't have to get him anything that's what students are for (laughs) and I'm like man I'm like she was probably awful to interns if my boss is listening you know I love you yes I do genuinely have a really good boss but I really liked her her joke about that like no let them bring you presents (laughs) all right so now Leonard and Dave yes So coming up the stairs, Leonard uh, is limping because of his motorcycle accident. And they run into Penny, who is quickly taken by Dave. You know, it's hard for me because I'm looking at him like I don't understand why he's attractive. But it's also me. So why would I? So um, and then I'm also like, Penny, like, are you really this impressed by the motorcycle? Like, we know about your wonder wheel of men where none of them motorcycle owners. <laughs> like, I don't know why this is like a new thing for you. And then Penny says to us, it's to move the plot forward, guys. Yes. I mean, like, I've never understood the, like, meeting someone and then having that, like, immediate, like, oh, yeah, I like you now. Let's go whatever. Um, right. That is such a foreign concept yeah. for me. Um. And I like how I like how here when Penny jokes with him that he can't be a physicist because the ones that he know are indoorsy and pale. And then you just hear Leonard, I'm not indoors. <laughs> like, he's immediately like, hang on, I'm going to I'm going to I know who's being talked about here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Penny tries to be very much like, uh, oh, I love science. And um, oh, I've always wanted to see like a big lab. And Leonard's like calling her out immediately. I know. Well, we know she loves science in that one episode where her and Leonard are doing it in his lab. Yes, she she does Although, get there. Here's the thing, though. Let's be real. If I had somebody do that to me and it was something I didn't know and I was learning for the first time, I might sleep with them, too. Like, that was a really cool scene. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I also liked Penny's, like, that's what I am, queen of the nerds, because then we were all making parallels to that in the... Um, 100th episode? Yeah, where he says, I'm the king of nerds. Mm-hmm. What was that episode called? The... Fuck. Uh, was, was, that, was the that the recombination, recombination hypothesis? hypothesis? Okay. Yeah. Yes, because I remember the message from you after the <laughs> taping for that. The episode's called The Recombination Hypothesis. You have three guesses as to what the title's referring to and the first two don't count. Yes. And I think I just sent you like 25 exclamation points or something <laughs> because I immediately knew what you were talking about. <laughs> that so honestly good. may have been the best message I've ever woken up to in my life. <laughs> Yeah, so Penny and Dave quickly make their plans to go out, I think, for the motorcycle ride now, right now and then to see the lab and all. I did not love how David retur- referred to Penny as that. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't know how you live next door to that without doing something about it. First of all, I do like how the one thing I do like about David in this one is he's not like, oh, of course you never slept with her. Like, he's just like, so are you guys hooking up? Like, he thinks it's completely believable. That's true, yeah. So there is that. David is a um, equal opportunity screw the neighbor guy. Um, which, honestly, like, there's so many jokes in this show, and this is the one thing I will give to him. There's so many jokes in this show about how Leonard is out of, or Penny's out of Leonard's league, and David here is just perfectly willing to believe that him and Penny were either like currently sleeping together or had hooked up in the past. Like he wasn't like, Oh, of course not you. Like he was just like, Oh, so you guys are probably really. Yeah. Like I do appreciate that. Yeah. That is a nice 
at least from that point of view versus the rest of in this episode. Look, look, there's no person on earth who literally every single thing about them is shitty. Like everyone has something. Yeah. And David is clearly not judgmental on nerd stereotypes or there's a lot of dudes who like have a thing about their height where they like put down men shorter than them because they think that like shorter men are less masculine. I don't understand men. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of guys who people were like, oh, like, you know, Penny's character at the start was kind of more like a, um, a fantasy for like these nerdy guys who couldn't get her. And that was like the whole audience thing. But David's just like, he didn't, he wouldn't have thought it was weird. He was surprised that they hadn't hooked up. So I'm like, the redeeming quality about him is that he's not like, oh, well, you're too much of a dork for her. Yeah. And then I'm I'm really amused by, like, the end of that scene with Leonard, like, the physical comedy of him falling. <laughs> the that was so, he's very good at that. And then Sheldon's just like, did you forget your key? <laughs> yes. Not at all like, are you okay? Just did you right. forget your key? Well, he thought that he knocked. Which yeah. I'm just like, why would he just one knock? Um, another thing real quick, back to what we were just talking about with David. I liked how he says, like, I'm not going to, I don't like how he referred to her, but him saying, like, I don't know how you live next door to Penny without doing something about it. It wasn't like, oh, you're not sleeping together. Oh, she rejected you, huh? Like, he's like, you're not sleeping together. Like, you haven't tried. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just an extension of, like, I'm not assuming that she's not into you. Yeah. And I always just love when people assume that Leonard and Penny are a thing. Like, even as in passing as it is, like, I just, I just really enjoy that. I really wish that that had happened, like, after they were together. Like, so you and her. Yes, actually. (laughs) Like, I wish they would have done more of that. That would have been fun. Yeah. All right. So then Sheldon, Howard, and Raj looking for a gift for Penny. At a place that is very much like Bath and Body Works is what it makes me think of. Yes. And one thing I find kind of funny is Sheldon starting the scene with, I don't see anything in here that a woman would want. Mm -hmm. Because it's supposed to be like, what do you mean? Everything in here a woman would want. But if you've seen those posts going around on social media that are like those little like bath soap lotion shampoo things and someone's like, men, I'm just going to save you some time. The women in your life do not want these. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, like, let us buy our own, like, buy us a gift card or something. But like, let us buy our own bath stuff and our own soap and our own lotion, because we all have different scents that we like. Some of us are allergic to or get irritated by certain brands. Definitely don't go to like Target and buy like the $17, like, here's a variety pack of different things. So like, honestly, like, I'm like, When I first saw this episode, I was just like, Sheldon, LOL. But like, now that I'm an adult, I'm like, no, honestly, don't take me shopping there, but don't just pick what I'm going to get and then give it to me as a gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think a while ago, I like sorted through like all of the like mini like lotions and like things like that that I've gotten as like gifts from like several years of Christmas that I just got like stocked up and I just kept sticking them all in the drawer. I ended mm-hmm. up just, like, throwing a bunch of them away because they were, like, years old at that point. It's like, I'm never going to use these. They're probably bad by now, so, yeah. Well, if they're unopened, I donate them to shelters. Well, like, some of them, they were, like, really liquidy, like... Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah like, like, whenever I... Whenever I stay in hotels, I, like, take... Like, I bring my own shampoo because I'm not using that crap, but... 
I want to say crap. For some people, I'm sure it's fine. For my hair, the type of stuff that you put in hotels just makes it very greasy. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I need to use a clarifying shampoo. And I take them and then I give them to, I I donate them basically. So if I get stuff for Christmas that I know I'm not going to use, I just take it to a shelter. That's a good idea. Yeah. Anyone listening who doesn't know what to do with your stuff, take them to shelters. I actually got some lotion from someone at work today. I haven't even looked at it yet, so I don't know if it's something I'll use. Especially if it's like a, especially if it's like decent stuff. It's just not something that you personally would use because a lot of people just dump all the stuff that they don't want at shelters. Like people, like oh, I feel so good. I did the canned food drive. I'm like, you went into your pantry. You got a bunch of crap you weren't going to eat anyway. You donated it to people who probably don't have can openers and therefore can't eat it. Mm-hmm. So, like, especially if people buy me, like, when I say brand name, no one's buying me, like, the super expensive stuff. But if somebody gets me stuff that, like, the shampoo and conditioner are the same type, because you're technically supposed to use, like, the same type of stuff on your hair because of the formulas and stuff. And it's, like, it's, like, it's nice stuff, but I'm not going to use it. I'm like, that's the stuff I'm going to donate because there's probably somebody out there who's like, wow, it's not like here's a dollar for a gallon of really crappy stuff that's probably bad for my skin or something like that. So um, I'm always big on like, you can donate the stuff that you're not going to use, but like, don't just donate like the bottom of the barrel stuff because people in shelters, like they don't deserve crap just because they're in a shelter. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I shared a thing today. This is a little soapboxy, but I shared a thing on my stories on Facebook where people, like, can go and, like, buy a gift for somebody that's, like, for, like, a poor kid or something. And we used to have, like, a tree in our church where, um, like, kids in, like, the foster care or in um, a shelter or something, they would put their name in, like, different a list of little things that they wanted a couple things they would want for christmas and you would take one off and you would buy the stuff and you would return it to the church with that label on it and they would get it to the kid and there were people who are like um why are these kids asking for like a wii or cds when they should be asking for like socks or books or something and so there were some people who like refused to take the tags of kids that wanted like toys or nice toys And they would take the tags of people who asked for books or underwear or something like that. And I'm like, why do only rich kids deserve to ask for an Xbox for Christmas? Like, if one of the wealthy kids asked their parents, I want an Xbox, it's like, okay, that's fine. But if a poor kid asks for an Xbox, it's like, oh, no, you don't deserve an Xbox. You should be asking for this. I'm like, screw that. Like, if you're seven years old and you live in a shelter or an orphanage or in foster care, like you should be allowed to ask for the expensive presents because we don't bat an eye when the rich kids ask for the expensive presents. Mm-hmm. Getting off my soapbox. Anyway, donate the stuff you don't use. Yes. And we'll move on. Okay. So I feel like Howard and Raj both have some great lines in this scene and their responses to Sheldon. Yes. Like when... uh. Howard showing the stuff that has like promotes relaxation and Sheldon's like, well, that presupposes Penny is tense and Rochester. She knows you. She's tense. We all are. <laughs> Buy a basket. So this is one of the only episodes, I think, where they actually say the name of the episode in the episode. Yeah, I remember like there was one, I don't know which one exactly. Like there is one recently that stood out to me like, oh, like they said the exact name. And yes. like, yeah, this one also is like Sheldon flat out says. 
bath item gift hypothesis. Yes. And like a lot of the times they say some of it, like, um, you know, the panty pinata polarization, he says panty pinata, but he doesn't like say the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I do like that. That was clever. Um, one of my favorite lines in this was Sheldon giving the basket to the worker and he's just like, are we friends, <laughs> colleagues, lovers? Are you my grandmother? <laughs> and here's the thing. I understand her being creeped out by that 100%. Mm-hmm. But also, I get it. <laughs> like, like when I worked, when, like, when I worked somewhere that we sold gift baskets, there would be someone who would say to me, like, if I gave you this what's our relationship and i'm like oh i know what he means yeah you know so i do understand it's like a fair question but a weird way to pose it (laughs) yes now if he had just ended it with lovers i might have been more creeped out but like are you my (laughs) grandmother i feel gives it some context yeah Uh, (laughs) i don't understand what you're talking about and you're making me a little uncomfortable see sounds like just you and penny (laughs) yeah (laughs) which i mean yes yeah but i'm also very pleased of that because a lot of workers are uncomfortable telling customers that they're uncomfortable because they're like oh i could get in trouble and this lady is just you can tell that she's like a seasonal worker and is so done with this shit (laughs) she's just like go away Mm -hmm. also slightly earlier in the scene one of howard's lines i love when he's like this one let's go and jelen's you put your thought into that uh this one let's go yeah. uh, so that ends with sheldon still not having made a decision and then we go to the cafeteria where leonard joins david and penny and dave has some awkward sort of lines about what they've done been doing <laughs> Um, I liked Leonard's a lot of words sound like yoga. Like, he is just not here for Penny's crap in this <laughs> episode. And I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, who gets plastered on tequila shots at, like, 1 p.m.? I mean, I guess it's, like, 5 p.m. somewhere. <laughs> okay, well, 1 p.m. in California is 4 p.m. where I am. So, I mean, maybe. Yeah. But I also liked Leonard's My Leg is Killing Me. Thanks for asking that he keeps bringing up. And then how that goes through the rest of the episode. Yeah. And I guess 22-year-old Penny also didn't... Penny said she was 22 in the Barbarian Sublimation, right? I believe so. Okay. And she's a Sagittarius, which means she's... By, like, December 22nd or 23rd, she's probably already 23. Hang on. I have actually have no idea when Sagittarius... Okay, yes, yeah, so, so Sagittarius goes from November 22nd to December 21st. So by this point, David Underhill, she's probably 23. And we're assuming her birthday is the same as Kaylee's. So she's been 23 for a couple weeks, so get with the program, bro. I guess she could have still been barely 22. I mean, it does depend when this airs. I was going to say, but who, like, the day before their birthday still says they're 22? Let me tell you, I am going to be 28 until 8.48 a.m. on my birthday because I don't want to be 29. People who don't know, I hate the number 29. It bothers me. I don't like 29 anything. I'm turning 29 in, like, a month and a half, and... 
what's upsetting is all year I've been telling people I'm 27 because for some reason I thought I was 27 and I realized like a month ago that I was actually 28 and then I was like oh my god I'm not like freaking out I'm not having a crisis because I'm a year older than I thought I was I'm having a crisis that I only have like two more months to prepare for being 29 (laughs) Roxanne knows I've had meltdowns about this you would think it wouldn't be prime because it has nine in it and nine is not prime but it is I don't like it it's so close to 30 I would just rather be 30 for two years than be. I don't have a crisis about turning 30. 30 is not old. Society has just told women, women that aging is terrible and that we're so old at like 30 and 40. And when people see these actresses and they're like, how do they look so good at 50 years old? And I'm like, because 50 is not old. Okay. We need to unlearn that. 29 is worse. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So this episode aired on December 15th. So. But presumably the end scene was on Christmas because they're wishing each other Merry Christmas. So I feel like this actually happened closer to that. I mean, well, you said it was what, through like the 21st? Through the 21st, yeah. I I feel like it is. But again, who says, who is like, I mean, now here's the the other possibility. She was 21 in Barbarian Sublimation and she just said she was 22 because her birthday was coming up. Mm-hmm. which would still make her 22 here. Is this actually important? No, but it's bothered me ever since it aired. <laughs> Although, okay, so this episode I actually didn't see for like a year until, well, not a year, but until the DVD came out because I missed it because the night that it aired, um, my dad drove the car into the ditch right at the end of our driveway and we were out there helping him and I missed this entire episode. <laughs> and for some reason, because I did have dial-up, so I couldn't look that much. There's all sort of this thing about like the great gift that Penny gave Sheldon and it was amazing and he can't believe it. But for some reason, I could never find out what this was. And so I did not know until the DVD came out and I immediately went to this episode and watched it because I was like, what the fuck is this present that she got him? Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it later. The present wasn't anticlim- anticlimactic, but I don't view the hug as amazing as everyone else does yeah like people are like that was such a big moment in the series i'm like i honestly feel i know he doesn't like physical contact but it's not like he's never touched people before and like i feel like him admitting that they're friends or something like that is more significant than him hugging her Mm -hmm. also the hug was really awkward and uncomfortable and i don't like it so (laughs) anyway we'll talk more about that later but yes then penny and dave leave right yes and he's going to get her drunk and let her drive the motorcycle or something stupid. Which does not sound like a good combination. Maybe he's getting her drunk after. Hopefully. Well, he has to get her plastered if he wants to take new pictures, pictures of her. Okay, so I have this one friend, not to go on another tangent, where she was, we were joking about how different she, she's been since she met her husband. And she was just like, all this talk made me wonder, like, what was I like before I met him? And she was like, and then I scrolled back in my phone to before I met him. And I saw a lot of nudes. And I was like, ah, that's what I was like. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So then cut to the guy's apartment. Leonard is just flopped out on the couch. And Sheldon- Which is a mood, yes. first of all. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. Uh, Sheldon has solved his gift dilemma, and he explains how he got so many different gift baskets so he can match the price as to whatever her gift to him is. It's also 
an example of how he overthinks everything because mm-hmm. he didn't have to claim like, oh, all of a sudden I have digestive distress. He could just say, your gift's in my room. Let me go get it. Yes. Very like, true. it's not that we've talked about this before, but sitcoms, like, it's just the nature of the beast. Characters are going to overthink something, which will then cause the problem that they're hoping to avoid. Yeah. In this case, at least it didn't cause a problem, but it's still unnecessary. It didn't, but like, you know, in situations where like all they have to do is be like, oh, this is what happened, but instead they like create this big lie and then they can't keep it up. Mm -hmm. Um, But, oh gosh, what was I thinking of recently? Shoot, I had an example and I can't think of it now, but oh, there was this lady that went ranting on Facebook recently because she said that her, um, she ordered something on Amazon for her kid for Christmas, and because it was, like, a oh, big I thing. I saw your post, I think, about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it was, like, a large thing, it wasn't then put into an Amazon box because it was a giant thing, and it was just delivered. And she's like, well, now my son knows that Santa's not real and blah, blah, blah. And she just goes on this rant about how Amazon just ruined Santa Claus for her kid, and now he's crying and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, all you had to do was tell him that, oh, this is a gift from me to you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how seeing the gift proved to him that Santa wasn't real. Like, presumably, like mo- like my parents, I don't know about yours, but my parents, we had gifts from Santa and gifts from mom and dad. So, like, just either say, oh, it's an early Christmas present for you. You'll get it on Christmas. Or just walk inside and be like, oh, this is for someone else. And then on Christmas, just have that be from her. Yeah. It didn't have to be from Santa. Like, Maybe the gift arriving unwrapped led to the kid learning Santa wasn't real, but it was not point A and immediately at point B. Like something else happened that she could have done differently. And then people were like, oh, well, maybe on the box um, it had said from Santa and because it got there early. And I'm like, well, if she thought it was going to come in an Amazon box, then the shipping label would be on the outside of the Amazon box and they would have gotten an Amazon box saying from Santa and it still would have ruined it. Yeah. So, like, regardless of how this transpired, it's her fault. Yeah, that's just was way too much anger for something that didn't need to be a problem. Anyway, so, yeah, um, Sheldon made things way overcomplicated. Yes. I did like the, why couldn't you have done what Leonard did and get any <laughs> a new boyfriend? And then our next, my leg is killing me. Thanks for asking. <laughs> and then we have the scene where Leonard just tells Penny off. Yes. So Leonard and Penny, she is drinking her alcohol out of the eggnog carton. And also, while Penny is perfectly willing, like, she can date whoever she wants. Leonard's whole thing, like, it, it does, it's not like she has to prove to him, like, I have to write an essay why I'm not going to date you and you can decide if it's good enough or not. But I do like how he's like, hey, like, your excuse I understand he he's he's upset here because at the very least she wasn't honest with him about why they weren't going to date anymore. Mm-hmm. And so like he's probably I, I can see I can see him being annoyed with that because he's not saying, OK, date me. He's just saying, like, if this was really why we couldn't date this, this you wouldn't be with this guy. So like, why didn't you like they were friends for a year before they dated. So he's probably like, why wasn't weren't you just honest with me about why we weren't going to date again? Yeah. I just felt so bad how she immediately just like starts crying (laughs) and then Leonard's just like sorry sorry 
Yeah, he goes in very strong, which to be fair, it's like, okay. And then he's just like completely like 180. Like, oh, never mind. We're cool. We're cool. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. And then we find out Dave, the, this is where we find out he was married. Um, she says he's not smarter. He's an idiot because of the whole Imagine. Oh, she found out. Like, maybe he's trying to take the nude pictures and then they're swiping and he, like, swipes one too, too far. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe, like, you were talking about organizing your tabs. Maybe he has, like, a nude swipe. <laughs> Although it does say he tried to take them, so he probably didn't. Mm-hmm. But, like, whenever someone, whenever you're like, oh, look at this thing, and you give someone your phone, and then they, like, go to swipe, and I'm like, excuse you. <laughs> I'm showing you this. Yeah. Calm down. And then I, like, Penny calls Leonard out on being jealous. Mm-hmm. Like, she sees right through him. She's like, this isn't your, like, this doesn't track. Like, you're jealous. You need to explain this. 100%. Okay. And so, like, this is the scene where, like, I really started to ship them. Because, like, once again, like, my first episode that I ever saw was, like, the first one, or the panty pinata. So, like, I went from that to, like, the three episodes with Stephanie. And, like, okay, I got, like, the, I figured out from over those, okay, like, so they dated at some point, but it's clearly, like, it seemed like it was clearly, like, gone in the past, it's over, they're just friends now. I thought mm-hmm. it was, like, a non-issue. And then suddenly, a like... A non-issue? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I understand what you're trying to convey, but referring to it as an issue amused me. Yeah. But then suddenly, like, Leonard bursts in here, like, clearly jealous about this. And then I'm like, oh, he still has feelings here. And then it's like, they don't reach, like, like, it's not like, um, like, it's just kind of, like, left open in the end. But it's like, oh, okay. So there's, like, still, like, a possibility for something here. or Like, there's something going on. So that was, like, that was where, like, I remember, like, I got, like, intrigued. Like, oh, okay. There's, there's still a possibility here for something. So... It's interesting how both of us started shipping them, like, just because of, like, other people. Like, how the whole, like, love triangles can make people realize they have feelings. And, like, in both of our situations, it was kind of that. Mm -hmm. Because it was me realizing that I really, really, really didn't want Penny to sleep (laughs) with Raj. And then I was like, wait, I want her to sleep with Leonard. And, like, I was just like, okay, whatever. And, like, I had thought, you know, that they had been, you know, a thing and then whatever. But... Um, and then this with you. So it's like, wow, like they worked my least favorite trope against both of us. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, based on this, there's still like, I don't, you can't really argue like, oh, there's this that shows like Penny has the feelings for Leonard. But just the fact that it's like, it's just left open, you know, I guess I was like, oh, okay. I need to see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't necessarily get that she had like, strong feelings for him in this but just like the way that she like teases him a couple of times it's like she she very much is acknowledging whatever's going on yeah she's like acknowledging it she doesn't shut it down completely you know it's like it's christmas let me have this one and then she like leans against him and they're just like Yeah. yeah And I also liked when he drank the rum and he says smooth and she's like smoother than you. <laughs> like it was kind of playful. Yeah. Like it was really like they're both kind of just acknowledging like this is where we are currently. Mm-hmm. And we almost sleep together in like a month. So Right? Yeah, it kind of ramps up from here. It really does. I'm like, wow, the next time you guys are on this couch, there's limes involved. <laughs> Well, that escalated quickly. Really did. 
And I'm excited to talk about that one too because it's the combination of like the first time we see Beverly and Leonard and Penny stuff. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, there's just a lot of good stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and then that ends with another "My leg is killing me." Thanks for asking. <laughs> and then I like Penny's just like little amused laugh at that. Yes. Yeah. And then I like when in the next scene when she comes in and she's like, How's your leg? And he's like, Good, thanks for asking. <laughs> like he's like, finally. And then I love Sheldon's Penny, you're here to exchange gifts. You'll be pleased to know I'm prepared for whatever you have to offer. I'm like, why are you so weird all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, and then like right before it, like then he's like, I I should also note I'm having some digestive <laughs> distress. So just so that's set. Now, I do understand his thing about, like, earlier I wasn't like, why does he need to look up the price of her gift? I'm always worried about either getting someone something that's, like, way more expensive than they got me because then they're like, oh, like, that's weird. Like, we're not that close. Or me getting them something that I really think that they would like and then they get me something more expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, if we're really good friends, it's different. But, like, if it's, like, a more casual like thing more, or yeah. it's, like, a coworker or something like that, I'm just, like, I, I don't want to know what to do. Like, so there's a gift exchange that I do every year that the limit, they say, is $15. And so I normally spend, like, around $15. And, like, there's certain stuff that other people get that I'm, like, you know that cost more than $15. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, I always feel, like, whoever whoever I give a gift to is going to think that like I'm being cheap because it's so much less fancy than what some other people get. But I'm like, I'm following the rules. Yeah. Those limits are for a reason in gift exchanges. Sheldon does like take it to the extreme here, but like, I do agree, like gift giving can be stressful. So yes, absolutely. Especially when I'm poorer than a lot of my friends. Mm -hmm. Although I do have a really good friend. Um, What's the one you're going to meet next year? But, um, there was a time where I was down there for her birthday and I like filled her gas tank for her birthday and she has a horse that needs special feed. And so usually for Christmas, I will just send her the money for a bag of that feed. Like that's what I get for her. And like, she really appreciates that. Um, But we're the kind of people, me and her, where we both are kind of in crummy financial situations. So we just really appreciate that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, I have a wealthier friend that gave me something that was, like, 50 bucks. And I'm just thinking, oh, I can't spend 50 bucks on one person's <laughs> gift. Like, that's, like, a whole day at work for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So when Penny gives, um, I know we'll get to Sheldon's gift. But, oh, she gave Leonard the gift for motorcycle lessons. That's what it was. Yes. We did know that. And her not letting the bike fall on you while standing still is lesson one. I think that, I, like, I'm sure she was just making a joke, but I also really like the idea of her being like, okay, now, this dude, let me tell you, like, <laughs> you, is, are you going to cover this? <laughs> you know? But needs it. I, I like I like how they both are kind of poking fun at each other with these gifts and like they know that they're poking fun at each other. Yeah. So it's just kind of like this later, kind of like a continuation of a like, we're on the same page, at least in terms of what's currently going on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really like that. Yeah, between that and then 101 totally cool science experiments for kids. <laughs> because you're so into science well yeah like they're they're just making fun of each other which i love um so now we can get to penny's gift to sheldon which again the gift is really cool Mm -hmm. like holy shit right yes 
Okay, so I have like a slight Leonard Nimoy tangent here, which I don't think I've told you all of this before. Okay. But so like, okay, so when I first watched this episode, I did not know who Leonard Nimoy was. Like the name didn't mean anything to me. Like I knew like who Spock was, but like as far as like any actors' names in Star Trek, I didn't know. And then between like Big Bang Theory and then him and then him like being on Fringe also, which I got into like a year after this or so. Oh, I completely yeah, he was in Fringe. Yeah, so like between, I remember being like, "That's Leonard Nimoy." Yeah, so between the two shows, then I was like, "Okay, so like I know who Leonard Nimoy is now." And then like years after I was into both of these, I feel like it was like more. Like, I don't remember exactly when this was, but I feel like it was more recent to now than, like, when I first started watching them. Okay. But anyways, I was listening to Weird Al has a song, Albuquerque. Yeah. And there's a lyric, or it's, like, spoken in the song, but there's a bit in this song about a local radio station had this contest to see who could correctly guess the number of molecules in Leonard Nimoy's butt. (laughs) And I realized, like, I was just listening to the song randomly. I was like, oh, my gosh, do you think he's talking about Leonard Nimoy? Because, like, I've, like, I've, like, I first heard this song when I was, like, 11 or so. I'm like, I was listening to it then. I didn't know who Leonard Nimoy was. I didn't know, like, the name then, again, meant nothing to me. And this was before you would just, like, Google something on your phone because, like, we didn't have phones. Yeah, I've heard that song, and it's weird. It's very weird. If anyone has, like, about 10 minutes to spare and wants to listen to something absolutely completely random, I highly, highly recommend it. It's, like, one of I was going to say, that song is long, and I don't know where it's going the entire song. Exactly. (laughs) It's one of my all-time favorite Weird Al songs, but it is very weird and random. But, yeah, like, I'd listened to that, like, for years and years, and, like, I just didn't know who Leonard Nimoy was. It was just, like, a random name in the song. And then, like, there was just, like, that random moment of connection. Where I was like, oh, that's who he's talking about. <laughs> and it just made me appreciate that lyric even more. So, yes. I feel like you've told me this just because, and maybe it's just because I know the song. But mm-hmm. as soon as you said Weird Al, I knew what the rest of the story was. So I don't know if it's because that's one of his songs I know, or if you've told me that. It does sound familiar, though. Yeah, I I don't think I've told you that because I remember when it came up, I was like, oh, like I like I should like talk about this at some point, but I don't think I ever did. I don't know, okay. maybe I did, but you know, it's it's very interesting to me how like there's so much random shit that we know about each other, but then like we were friends for like twelve years when you knew I was into boats. <laughs> So it's like, there's so many, like, someone will say something at work and I'll be like, oh, that reminds me of, and it's like some random story you told me like six years ago one time that doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like there's still like some fairly significant parts of our personalities that we learned about each other pretty recently. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Sheldon's gift. I, I do find it weird. I'm assuming he wiped his mouth on the napkin before he signed it. Yeah, that's that's what I would assume as well. Or maybe he's like, oh, these fanboys are weird as fuck, so they probably would like this. So, Yeah, my assumption was the the former there. And so I love how he was, like, more excited about him wiping his mouth on it than signing it. Because mm-hmm. um, it reminds me of, so if anyone watches Chopped, um, Chef Alex, who's one of the judges, my sister is obsessed with her. So am I. We love her. She's iconic. Um, but... She did a she had a cookbook out a couple years ago that I got my sister for Christmas. And when my sister got it, she's like holding it above her head, like kind of like 
thrusting it in the air going, Alex, Alex, <laughs> Alex. And she was like really excited. So I took a picture of that and I put it on Twitter. My sister was so excited about this cookbook. And I posted like Kristen got this person's book for um, cookbook for Christmas. And she immediately started doing this and I like described it. And it was a picture of her holding the book in the air. Well, the chef liked it and replied, aw. And so I showed that to my sister and immediately that was more exciting to her than the cookbook. <laughs> like, I think she had me print out the tweet and give it to her. Mm-hmm. So um, now this happened after this episode aired. And after I saw this episode, like this was probably like three or four years ago. But this reminds me of that Christmas now. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, damn, I could have just not spent any money and tweeted her and be like, hi, can you reply to this for my sister for Christmas? <laughs> and like, could have saved me like 30 bucks. But um, I know she was really happy to have the cookbook. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love how Sheldon goes to from the DNA to like he can grow his own Leonard Nimoy, which is interesting to me given how like fertility works. Like you can't just put an egg and just DNA. Yeah, because <laughs> then they wouldn't have to do like you know they wouldn't need sperm for like. IVF because they could just like prick the person's finger, get the sweat or something like that and use it. Like that's not how it works. But Sheldon does live in a sci-fi world and he's already been planning on his sister doing IVF with a really fancy uh, uh, smart person from season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like at this point, Sheldon is just figures like he's dedicated enough. He can make it happen if he wants to. So that is true. So on the ovum thing you know how everyone has that thing that like they feel really stupid when they learn that they were wrong about it Mm -hmm. so i thought when people would like freeze their eggs or do egg retrievals for embryo transfers i thought this is so ridiculous i thought that they you had like all i didn't know about like egg follicles or if your egg is mature or anything like that I thought that the, your ovaries were, like, full of eggs, like, uh, like caviar. Mm-hmm. And what they would do is they would open up the ovary and they would have this teeny tiny little, like, ice cream scooper type thing. <laughs> and just and they, would them just, out. they would just scoop the eggs out and then freeze them. And it was like, I was, let's see, 26 when I learned that that wasn't what happened. <laughs> And I was talking to someone about it recently, and she was like, well, in your defense, like, when would you have learned how that was done? Mm -hmm. But now that I think about it, I'm like, wow, why did I think that that was a thing? (laughs) So now Sheldon takes off. Now, when he leaves and he, like, runs off, Mm -hmm. Penny's probably thinking, oh, his gastrointestinal upset. (laughs) Like, he's probably, like, I wonder if she actually believed that or if she was, like, he's just being weird. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like it probably could have just been he's just being weird. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is Sheldon, so. Yeah. Yeah. And then while he's gone, Leonard and Penny exchange their gifts. Um, And then he comes back with all the baskets. Which I think was a really funny visual. Like, it's like, okay, that that was clever. Yeah. Which he quickly decides is not enough and then gives Penny the hug. Now, I don't want to be completely dissing the hug. I do what I really like about it. Okay, well, first of all, what I, what I, it's not that I don't, it's not that I don't like the hug. I think it was just because one, the shunny shippers went fucking wild. Two, I didn't know what, the gift was and the reaction 
for almost like eight months after it aired. So it might have just been like it was built up too much in my head, like this whole scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, I don't know. But people are like, oh, the hug is like one of the best moments of Big Bang Theory history. I'm like, did you watch the rest of the show? Because there is so much that's better than that. Um, but I do understand it was significant for him to hug somebody but I, I don't think, especially with, like, young Sheldon and everything now, like, just what I know about that, like, I know he's not, like, a cuddly dude, but, like, it kind of comes off as, like, this is the first time he's hugged anybody, and, like, we've seen him hug other people on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, he hugged his sister. Like, it's not, it's not the first time. Um, but what I do really like about the hug is that he understands that that would mean a lot to Penny. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, you're right. All of these gifts aren't enough because you got me the greatest thing ever. So what can I do that would be equally great for you? Now, you could think of this two ways. One, it's a good, uh, as Scorpion would put it, EQ, emotional quotient move for him that he recognizes that physical affection is important to her. Or he could be thinking, well, a hug from me because I'm so great, you know? <laughs> which I think in this moment it's not because he's like very genuinely feeling indebted to her, mm-hmm. especially since we know that he views gifts as like having to be equal. So I think it was a recognizable, like a good moment for him. That said, I guess there was a recent episode of Young Sheldon where and I don't like using Young Sheldon as Big Bang Theory canon because we know how I feel about Young Sheldon, but... There was, I guess there was a scene where he made a comment about how he's very good at making things about him. Mm-hmm. And so people, there was an article I read about it that said that makes it seem that a lot of what he was doing during the show was him being difficult on purpose as opposed to that's just how he is. Yeah. Which someone said cheapened the finale because it's supposed to be this big watershed moment for him. Whereas to people who watch Young Sheldon, now to some it comes off as him just being like all right i won't be a dick today yeah like i feel like throughout the like if you view it from that view like him making it about himself like then sheldon throughout the show is being like purposefully manipulative versus just like ignorant of like how things should be exactly and like that's gaslighting or emotional abuse or anything like that now the good news is I don't watch Young Sheldon, so I don't really give a shit about that. <laughs> so I can just continue. To, I mean, like sometimes he's difficult on purpose, but like I spent the entire show being like, a lot of this is him not understanding. Now that's not an excuse because he was refusing to learn or refusing to compromise in some situations. But I definitely don't prefer to think of it as he's just doing this on purpose the entire time, which some people took that scene in Young Sheldon, which I might be getting the wording wrong. Like I said, I didn't watch it. I just read an article about it. But there are some people that feel that that kind of cheapens the significant moments he has with characters on Big Bang Theory Mm -hmm. because it's less of a learning moment or less of him understanding, less character growth and more him just deciding, okay, this time. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be nice. Which also would be kind of extra shitty because we know, and I'm not, I want to just make sense, I'm not calling Sheldon an abuser, but I'm saying abusers in platonic and romantic relationships, a lot of the time they purposely are really nice and sweet to like, if they feel like they're about to lose their control over somebody, they then are nice and sweet or they love bomb, bomb them or something like that in order to keep them kind of close enough that they can continue to manipulate them. Mm-hmm. And if it's true that Sheldon is being a dick on purpose, then that means he's doing that. And I don't like it. So 
I'm just for the people who do listen to young Sheldon and or watching Sheldon and listen to this, you know, I, they might be viewing things through a different lens. I'm just choosing not to, because I don't watch young Sheldon. And I just kind of pretend that it's not real. Yeah. Just like well, they're like on what season, like four or five now. I don't know. It's all a blur. It a lot. But it's like, yeah, I like five. I feel but I'm like not sure. There's a lot of stuff by this point that like if you're watching Young Sheldon, you might be viewing things from Big Bang in a different way that like I just have absolutely no idea about. So Exactly. And I mean to me, and this this is how I view like for me, Young Sheldon is just like pre-series fanfic to me. And I don't mean that in a belittling way. I just mean it in a like you you know, take it as seriously as you want, but, like, I don't consider it automatic canon. Mm-hmm. Um, just, like, with, like, okay, we talked about Wicked briefly earlier. Wicked is not, like, people are like, oh, after you see Wicked, you watch Wizard of Oz differently. I actually don't. Like, to me, Wicked is fan, which Wicked is fanfic, but, like, that's just how I kind of view it. They're like, like, two I don't- separate canons. They're two separate canons, and it's like, oh, that's a cool interpret. Because, like, I'm a fanfic writer, so, like, I understand that kind of thing. Like, I'm like, oh, that's a really cool interpretation of all this backstory, but it doesn't change how I view Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Um, like, when I watch Wizard of Oz and Glinda shows up, I'm not like, oh, the Tin Man's in love with her. Like, no. Yeah. Like, that's not me when I watch Wizard of Oz. It's just completely different when I watch Wicked. Just, like... You know, now when I watch Jag, my parents are like, oh, I'm so sad that Mac and Harm didn't actually end up together. And I'm like, because they showed up on a spinoff of a spinoff of their show and weren't together. That doesn't make a difference to me. I'm like, I watch Jag as a completely separate entity from NCIS to NCIS Los Angeles to NCIS, whatever the fuck they're on now. Like, that doesn't change anything for me. Um, but I know for some people, they take all of that stuff really seriously. And so some people who watch Young Sheldon now might be, might view Sheldon differently. So I want to acknowledge that, but also I don't really care what Young Sheldon does. So. Yes. Okay. Um, going back to like the hug for a second. Yes. (laughs) So I, I, I do really like Penny's like, oh, like Sheldon's hugging me kind of like, you know, like it is something that means a lot to her. But I feel like something that kind of like, I don't know if it bothers or part of why I don't just don't love it as much as I, I don't remember like l- laughing a lot like the first time I saw it. And like the audience is just like cracking up like crazy. I think it's just because of Jim like being like, what do I do with my body parts? Yeah. Like, I think that was the humor. And to be fair, I know like when I the episodes I was at tapings, like I would laugh a lot more than like if I'm just like watching at home, like being like in that environment, like you laugh yeah. more. Yeah. But just, like, for some reason, like, the extreme between, like, the audience's reaction to that and, like, my reaction from, like, what I remember watching or just even when I rewatch seems, like, to be, like, larger than usual that that just stands out to me. And also, and I understand it's a TV show and you have to do things differently, but, like, if I got hugged by a friend who, like, I recognized how important that would be, I would just hug them back. And then later on, I would say to Leonard, like, can you believe he hugged me? Like, I wouldn't say it as it's happening. Like, that's just awkward. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can, her saying it felt, it didn't feel out of place to me, but I also get what you were saying. <laughs> It didn't the first time I watched it, but it's like now when I see it, I'm like, that kind of takes you out of the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
I feel like it was, it would be, if I, if I was in Penny's position, like it's not necessarily as awkward to watch just me thinking about like, if it was me, Mm -hmm. that's what kind of like makes it weird to me. Yeah. You know, we've been talking, we're so excited to do this episode. Now everyone listening is going to be like, they just talked shit about like one of our favorite (laughs) moments. I do. I do think, I just think. I think for me, it was just too built up. And it's it's just if I had watched from the start or I had not missed the episode when it aired, I probably would have been like, OK. But like by the time I saw it, you know, I'd already seen the rest of the season and it was just so, so built up. Um, there's actually a very famous, very popular tourist spot in the United States that I was also underwhelmed by because it was built up in my head. And I acknowledge that I probably didn't give it a fair chance and I probably should go back and appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. But, um, go ahead. And, you know, I was just thinking, like, I feel like with this episode, like, my thing with it is people always, like, talk about the hug. And I'm like, but the Leonard and Penny of it. And it's like, but people who were watching the show already had, like, a season and a half of, like, various Leonard and Penny moments. So it may not have had, like, the same impact as me who was coming into it. And this is, like, my, like, fourth episode. And this is, like, you know... So, like, it was, like, maybe bigger, like... That was your, like, holy shit, they're a thing. Yeah, whereas other people have, like, yeah, of course they're a thing. We have two years of this, so... Okay, speaking of that, do you remember a certain show that you watched and then I watched later and I did not realize these two people were into each other until several episodes in and then I had a fucking meltdown when I realized it? No. Firefly? Oh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like watching back I'm like why did it take me this long to realize that these two liked each other like it was not that subtle mm-hmm. and then it was like a random ass line in episode four that was not even like the most intense line of the episode and all of a sudden I was like holy shit and then I like shipped it instantly it was so weird mm-hmm. they that couple did not age well but I, I still have nostalgic feelings yeah um, yeah, so that was the bath item gift hypothesis. I do really like this episode. Like, I know we were kind of a bummer about the end of it, but, like, I do still think it was a cool moment. I just don't completely understand the, like, top moment of the series commentary, but I do think, in retrospect, a lot of that was from the Shennies, whereas, like, the non-Shenny viewers just, like, recognized it as a character moment mm-hmm. and not, like, this is proof that they're gonna fuck. <laughs> Yes. But yeah, it is it is a great episode. I always enjoy rewatching this one. Yes. If it's on, I'm gonna sit down and watch it. Yeah. Not to say that I mean like that sounds like there's not that many that sit down and watch, but like if I'm like just going about my day and someone else is watching it, I will like sit down and like make small talk or pet my cat or do something so that I can just see it to the end and then I'll like continue with what I'm doing. But then there's some stuff where I'm like, if I'm going to go outside and go for a walk, I'm not going to sit here for a half an hour before I go do it if I'm like already planning it. Yeah. All right. So I think that wraps this up then. It does. And we did it on time before the rest of my house goes to bed and I need to stop talking. Perfect. So, um, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays to everyone listening. Um, like we said, we'll be back on January 10th with our next episode after our mini winter break. Yes. I've been saying season's greetings lately because people haven't decided that they're pissed off about that yet. (laughs) So it's a non-Merry Christmas alternative to Happy Holidays and it's like people- Season's greetings. Season- Okay, did you get the card I sent you? I did. Thank you. That said season's greetings. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I chose it. It still feels like a very festive greeting, so 
Exactly. Works. And it's it's neutral. And I, I mean, I personally don't have a problem with Merry Christmas, but because so many people have decided that that's the hill they're going to die on, I've kind of like out of spite started using alternatives. <laughs> <laughs> and Season's Greetings has not become the enemy yet. So mm-hmm. I'm using that. Nice. So if you guys have questions, comments, suggestions, you can email us at podcast at thebigbangbuzz.com or leave a comment on the website at thebigbangbuzz.com or tweet us at thebigbangbuzz with three Zs. And we'll talk to you next year. Season's greetings. (laughs) Bye. Bye.